November 2011. American Yvonne Boldelli, 41, disappears from her new home on a remote island of Panama. Her boyfriend claims she left him for another man and moved to Costa Rica. Yvonne's family soon becomes suspicious of his story. What happened to Yvonne Boldelli? Sources for this episode include the San Diego Union-Tribune, NBC San Diego, the US Justice Department, the Daily Mail, 48 Hours CBS, the Washington Post and Heavy. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 107 of Unknown Passage, a podcast that tells the stories of those who have gone missing or have been murdered abroad. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the Anthony Bourdain series. Um, it was amazing to hear of how many of you really loved him. Um, so I'll be doing a profile again at some point. It takes a lot to kind of put one of them together, but I've got some interesting ones kind of in the pipeline. But before I get into this week's case, I want to welcome new patron Annalise. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on board. So I'm going to get straight into this episode because part of me just wants it to be over <laughs> because I felt so many emotions um, about this. I actually knew about this. I had seen the 48 Hours episode about Yvonne Baldelli's murder in Panama um, when it came out quite a few years ago because I was obsessed with 48 Hours and Dateline and I never missed an episode back in the day. Um, and then going back into it, like I... I felt upset, really like teary-eyed, um, angry, really, you know, envious of the family that she had, um, all kinds of feelings. So first off, I want to say that this is a Patreon location request for Panama for patron Kim. Now, I've got a lot on my list, Patreon location requests. When you become a patron, you get to choose a location for an upcoming episode and I'm working through them as, you know, as solidly as I can, but I'm not going to rush it. So it will take us through to like the end of the year. So bear with me. But Kim, Kim likes so many of my patrons because most of them, I always ask where they're from when they join on the Patreon app um, and have a chat with them. Kim is no different to everyone else because she's got like an amazing background in terms of travel um, or she's just interested in a wide range of things. Kim is from Miami, Florida. Um, Miami, when I think of it, I just think of the show Nip Tuck, one of my all-time favourites. Go and watch it. Um, so Kim was a military brat. She grew up all over. Um, I won't go into too much detail why she was because I don't think I'm allowed to, um, but she grew up in Vietnam. She joined after the Vietnam <coughs> um, episode that I did on John and Mushfiq. Um, and she lived kind of all over and it was just really interesting to hear, you know, where people are from and where they've been. A lot of my patrons, when I find out where they're from, they've had parents who have had jobs where they travelled around a whole amount growing up. Um, so one of Kim's requests was Panama. She gave me a few. I can't remember what the others were, but I looked at them and I couldn't do it. Um, so Panama, we have been to before for the Chris and Lisanne episode, which is probably one of like the most famous true crime cases for some reason in the world. Um, so we're going back again, but we're going to a part of Panama that is kind of on the other side of Panama. We went in depth into Panama and its history, Noriega and all of that on the Chris and Lisanne episode. So I kind of implore you to go and listen to that if you want to hear all of that because I won't be going into it on this one. I've tried to figure out what I do when I have done a place before and I go back because I can't go into the same detail and repeat history and things about the country um, all over again. So I don't know. But I didn't think I'd find another one with enough information in Panama. But then I went to my spreadsheet where I put all of the cases and I'm friggin' anal Virgo, so it's all like colour-coordinated and stuff. And I looked at Panama and I realised that I had Yvonne Baldelli's case, but I didn't think it would have enough information to do a whole episode. But there's so much to this case that I realised that, yes, in fact, there is a ton. This was covered on an episode of 48 Hours a number of years ago um, called Devil's Island. I think it was around 2013, um, the episode. It is on YouTube, but 
to avoid copyright issues. It's like in that little square, which is really annoying. Um, but I rewatched it. I watched it back in the day and I still remembered Yvonne's sister, Michelle. She stuck in my head for ages. Um, so Yvonne's story will hit a lot of nerves for a lot of you. Um, if you have a hard heart, like I do, um, it will like upset you. It made me sick. I can relate to quite a lot in it. Um, I think most of us women or even men, we've made really dodgy choices when it comes. Can you hear that? There is a scream sneezer that lives in a block of flats next door to me. And she's like out the side. It's like theatrical. It's insane. So yes, um, I think a lot of you will be able to relate to just choosing the wrong person and probably a lot of like red flags that come up that you kind of ignore. And I think when you get to a certain age, people are expecting you to settle down and sort your life out. And you don't want to keep going back and going, well, it didn't work out. And I do understand that. Um, but some people, there are so many red flags that you've just got to walk away and leave everything behind, I think. Um, so I definitely suggest watching Devil's Island, the episode of 48 Hours. Just Google 48 Hours Devil's Island on YouTube because you get to see this part of Panama where Yvonne moved to, um, albeit for a very short time. Um, and they interview a lot of locals who knew her and things like that. And it's also a chance to see her family talk. Um, so yeah, let's get into the terrible case of Yvonne Baldelli. Yvonne Lee Faust Baldelli was born on March 4th, 1970, and she was 41 when she was murdered in Panama. Now, I believe she took the Faust Baldelli double-barreled name, I think Faust, because I know that's her dad, um, and Baldelli must have been her mum. Now, I haven't seen her mum speak publicly. I don't even know if she's still alive because I haven't seen quotes from her. She may just not be out there. But most of the people who have spoken really publicly are her sister Michelle, her dad, her stepmom. Um, yeah. So Yvonne looks, I don't know how tall she was. She looks quite small, um, small, slight woman. She's beautiful. There's so many pictures of her and she just looks, I've never used this word to describe anyone, definitely not myself, effervescent, I would say, vibrant, um, just you know, a spitfire, as they called her and her sister in 48 hours, just a really beautiful woman. Um, long hair, just really beautiful. I don't know how to describe it. I'll put up pictures on the unknownpassagepodcast.com episode page, and I'll put them in the Patreon as well. She didn't have any children, um, and she had been married once before she fatefully met Brian. Now, Yvonne came from a close family Watching the 48 Hours and researching this, reading different news articles, how much they spoke out for her and advocated for her and just how they speak on the 48 Hours, they're just the family that you want in your corner if this was to happen to you or if something was to happen. They'd rally around. They're not dumb asses. They get the job done. They know what to do and they know when something's up. Um, and, you know, I think they're in tune with each other. She had friends that went way back that she'd known for decades. Her dad is James. I'm not sure if today he's still alive. Um, he could be. He probably is. Her mum was Emma and her dad's wife, um, who'd been there for quite a long time, is Lillian. And she's also interviewed with um, the dad, James, on the 48 Hours episode. She had a younger sister, Lorraine, and a sister, Michelle, who I also think was younger than her. I'm not entirely sure. Around the same age. Um, her name's Michelle Valenzuela, and she's a critical part of Yvonne's story because she does not fuck around. Um, Michelle, she got shit done. And she's the kind of sister, not that I have a sister, but she's the kind of sister who you would want to be weeding out the dodgy men in your life when you're dating. You bring them home to Michelle and she fucking susses it out. She had a brother, James, and she was also close to her niece, Lauren, who I believe was Michelle's daughter. Her dad told the Daily Mail that Yvonne was, quote, quote beautiful and talented, unquote. 
According to Find a Grave, because I wanted to know more about Yvonne, I didn't know a whole lot about her life before her death, if you get me. Yvonne had worked for Procter & Gamble, who are a big multinational company. She'd worked in a management position for years. In 2011, one source says that she left the position, but another source says that she lost her job there. Um, and that's People magazine that says that. She could have been made redundant. She doesn't strike me as the type that would be sacked. So this was when, in 2011, she decided to pack up and move to Panama. But we'll get into that in a minute. Yvonne had been married once before. I do not know for how long. There's very scarce information out there about her first marriage or her only marriage. This was to a man called John, and her family had really liked him. Then she was at a nightclub in 2009 in um, I guess I should say where she's from. She's from the OC. Um, she's from Dana Point. It's part of Orange County, California, Southern California. So she was at a nightclub in San Diego um, and she met a man called Brian Brimager. Now, Brian, everyone says in articles, he looked perfect and he acted perfect. I don't think so. To describe him, Snooky pops into my head. Is a gorilla juice head. Um, that's all I can say about him. He's like a big burly dude. He was in the Marines for seven years before he met Yvonne. He was based at Camp Pendleton, which is north of San Diego County. Shout out to patron Molly. Um, and they met in a nightclub in 2009. Their relationship became serious quickly. And her family was very surprised by this because it wasn't long before that, that she had got divorced from John, her husband. From the outset, he looked like the ideal guy. He liked playing the guitar. He fancied himself as a musician, although later on you'll find out that maybe, you know when you think you're a good singer in your head, but then you record yourself and then you realise, you know, that you've been embarrassing yourself forever. I think he was that kind of guy. Once he was out of the Marines, he wanted to like live a low-key life live on an island, play the guitar in different, you know, beach bars and just chill. And I guess Yvonne had a similar look for her future. Now, Yvonne did not know this, but Brian had been in a relationship with a woman called Kristen, who they have pictures of her on the 48 Hours. He had met her working at the White House because he was in some position with the Marines and she worked at the White House. So there's pictures of him and this Kristen posing with George W. Bush. Now, they had actually had a child, but like so many men seem to do, they just deny, they just do a do-over. <laughs> um, he never told Yvonne this when he met her. Um, I believe at one point he was living with her in Dana Point, um, Orange County never came up. He was pretty much living like a double life. But at this point in time, he had split from Kristen. And I presume he was just keeping the fact that he had a daughter on the down low. Yvonne was not able to have children. And according to her sister, Michelle, it was her dream to have children. And she couldn't do it because she'd had a some sort of surgery. They don't really go into details. And it left her infertile. Um, Yvonne obviously did not know this. And when she would ultimately find out, obviously it would break her heart that this man that she loved so much that she'd been with for two years by the time she died would lie to her about such a massive thing. But then again, I have heard of so many men, almost every woman I know has a story where a man has left out the fact that he has children out of, you know, a conversation for like months and months and months. So Yvonne and Brian got together. They had kind of maybe a volatile relationship. That's what I get from everything I've read. They broke up at one point. They got back together. Yvonne had two dogs. Um, they were little Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, beautiful little dogs, Georgia May and Monique. Now, they only ever referenced Georgia May. Um, so I believe Monique was maybe left with someone back at home when she ultimately moved to Panama, but she took Georgia May with her. Now, the couple were living in Dana Point, California, when they decided to pack up and leave, you know, um, Southern California and move down to Panama. Now, Yvonne's dad, James, had actually lived in Panama for a time with Lillian, his new wife. Um, and maybe that's where Yvonne had got the idea to move there. Maybe she'd visited him. I don't know. But I just know that he had moved down there and then returned to Rochester, New York, where he was living. So they decided to move down to an island 
you know, off the coast of Panama and just live an easy life. Obviously, it's very cheap <laughs> compared to, you know, Orange County, um, if Marissa and Ryan from the OC are anything to go by. So Brian left the Marines after seven years and they moved down to Panama in September 2011. They moved to a little island called Isla Caranero, um, which basically means like careening, I think. I looked it up. Um, so this island is a paradise. But Caranero, I can't say it because I don't speak Spanish, it has the nickname The Devil's Island, which is why 48 Hours gets the episode title. So most sources refer to, I was trying to, when I was researching this, I was like, someone just tell me where she lived in Panama because they use um, Caranero and they use Bocas del Toro interchangeably. So then I looked it up and I kind of realized that Caranero is just off um, the island Colón, I think it is, that the Bocas, that the town Bocas del Toro is on. Now, that may sound familiar to you because there's a similar town name in the Chris and Lisanne episode, but this is nowhere near that. It's like five hours away. So Caranero is a Caribbean island and it's fast becoming one of the most popular destinations in Panama. And obviously when all the expats move there, prices go up and then it gets overcrowded with people. It's tropical, sunny, warm, full of expats and beach bars. And they're usually the ones that buy the beach bars and then, you know, work them. Obviously it is very cheap as well. And this part of Panama, it costs, you know, monthly for all of your expenses, including spending money. It's around $1,400. So you can see the appeal. Isla Caranero, that's how I'm saying it now, like an Australian, it's a very forested island. Um, it spans 94 hectares and it's just a few hundred metres to the nearby nearby island, Isla Colón, um, which is actually where Yvonne was last seen at a restaurant with Brian. The island of Caranero is roadless, so they're really trying to keep it, keeping it back to its roots. Um, so I don't really know how you get around, but yeah, it's very small. Now, if you're wondering how far this is from where Chris and Lisanne disappeared in Bocate, Panama, it's around four and a half to five hours drive. So Panama is long and thin and hence why they made the Panama Canal. Um, and it's about five hours from each other. They're kind of on opposite coastlines. So <clears throat> it's very kind of murky where they were living there. I know they were living on um, Isla Caranero, but some sources say that they rented a room in someone else's home for a time, but then there's pictures of their home that they rented. Um, and it's like a double story, really nice kind of wood house. Um, I'll put up pictures of it, but from what I know ultimately happened, they would have to be living alone for people not to know, if you know what I mean. Um, so Michelle Valenzuela, Yvonne's sister, um, she pretty much had a sixth sense for people around her. Um, and I, th I got the feeling from watching her being interviewed that she didn't suffer fools gladly. So Yvonne's dad would ultimately tell the Daily Mail a few years ago that Michelle actually had like a premonition when she dropped Yvonne off at the airport to go to Panama and move there. She took her little beloved King Charles Spaniel with her, Georgia May. James told the Daily Mail, quote, Michelle drove her to the airport but was worried. I remember she said to me, I believe this will be the final time I'll see Yvonne. She had a premonition of her death, unquote. So Yvonne moved down there with, you know, just a few belongings, but she did take two sewing machines with her. She was pretty handy on the sewing machine. Um, she actually planned to start her own line of swimwear while she was living down in Panama. She was always kind of interested in fashion design and things like that. Brian's plan was that he was going to play guitar and sing in bars. Now, on the 48 Hours episode, one of the owners of the bars that Brian would play his guitar at, um, he said that he was all right guitarist, but when he'd open his mouth, he would, and I had to replay it like multiple times because this guy has a really strong the southern accent, but I believe he said like a hound dog on a porch. So not a good singer, but he thought he was. And I think this guy is a true narcissist who thinks that everything he touches turns to gold. And I really get that vibe from him. Um, 
James, Yvonne's dad, would say that early on when they moved there, because they were only there for two months before Yvonne disappeared, quote unquote. James said that early on when they got there, Yvonne would call home and she'd talk about how beautiful it was there and how early in the morning she'd go for runs on the beach and she she loved living down there with little Georgia May, her dog, and Brian. But within a month of moving there, her calls were more few and far between. And I think we all know where this is going um, and what kind of person she's living with. Um, Whether or not she knew that, I'm not entirely sure. But her family pretty much just stopped hearing from Yvonne. And you would think that she would want to call them and talk about how wonderful her life was down on this beautiful island of Panama. Um, But no. And I think Michelle Valenzuela got a really strong feeling about what was probably going on there. But I mean, what can you do? Your sister's 41 years old um, and she's made her decisions. She's moved to a completely other country in the Caribbean. Um, And I guess you just got to wait until you next see her. Um, The family called Brian around November asking to speak to Yvonne and why they hadn't heard from her. He said, just kind of shrugged him off and said that she she was busy. So now we're going to go to what Brian was doing on the side. So while they were moving down there and Yvonne thought that their lives were going to be spent, they're going to live out their lives on this beautiful island and she'd found the love of her life, this big gorilla juice head friggin' um, marine. Brian was actually when Yvonne wasn't around, he was texting and emailing with Kristen, who I've talked about earlier. So his ex, who he had had a daughter with, she was still back in San Diego County. um, And he was emailing back with her, basically telling her that he was coming back and that he was going to try to make a family with them and things like that. Yvonne did not know this. Yvonne did not know about Kristen and Yvonne did not know about the daughter. So he's making a whole other plan to start a new life. And I don't know what he thought he was going to do with Yvonne, um, but she was just none the wiser thinking that her life was currently perfect. Brian was also constantly on cocaine, um, obviously down in Panama. And he told one, one acquaintance said that Brian had said to him that he would have to eventually leave Isla Carinero because, quote unquote, his nose was going to fall off, unquote, because he was doing so much coke. Now, witnesses would see the two at the bar. Um, One of the bar managers is interviewed on 48 Hours. She said they would drink very heavily together at the bar. Um, And witnesses would testify to Brian abusing Yvonne. Um, A lot of people who were around them got the feeling that he was smacking her around a fair bit behind closed doors, um, which was actually happening. Just two months into their move to Panama, Yvonne, according to Brian, decided to pack up and leave and took her dog, Georgia May, with her. According to Brian, um, she said that she had met a new man and that they were moving to Costa Rica together and she was leaving her life behind with Brian. She was last officially seen in person at a restaurant with Brian on November 26, 2011 in the town of Bocas del Toro, which is on the neighbouring island to Isla Carinero. But her family didn't really have cause to worry initially um, after that initial email that was sent to them saying that she was leaving Brian. She'd met a man. This man had a name as well. It was Tony Gonzalez um, and she was moving to Costa Rica. Michelle had a very strong feeling that something was wrong from an early stage because Yvonne was reliable. She'd worked in the management position at Procter & Gamble and she loved her family. And we've heard this time and time again on this podcast. You hear it time and time again in the realm of true crime. But they didn't really have cause to worry initially because they continued to get emails from Yvonne Baldelli's computer, from her email account um, that seemingly were her telling her family and friends how happy she was that she was in Costa Rica with this Tony Gonzalez. Michelle, um, her sister, got a couple of emails that kind of said that she was getting homesick. A lot of them were very detailed. Um, The first one, when she said that she'd run away with this Tony Gonzalez, said that Brian was an asshole um, and that she'd realised it and it was all very detailed. Um, So, She was off in Costa Rica seemingly taking her dog, Georgia May, because you know me, like I love animals and I, 
there's not enough focus like on cruelty to animals and things like that. So I'm trying to do that. Meanwhile, just weeks after she was last seen at that restaurant in Bocas del Toro, Brian Brimager was back in Orange County on the doorstep of Michelle Valenzuela, Yvonne's sister, who was, she had his car being stored at her house. He wanted his car back. She said it was all very brief. Um, He made out like Yvonne had just bailed and that was the end of that. After he left with his car, the emails stopped coming from Yvonne. You putting two and two together yet? Her family was receiving no communications by this point and weeks went by. By now it was like January 2012. So really like two months since they'd last spoken to her or two and a half months. But again, you know, she's an adult. Um, Finally, Michelle emailed her and the subject line was worried. Um, And it was pretty much like, what's happening? Where are you? And she received a response and it was like, it's fine. I'm planning to come back the second week in January. Um, No worries. And then Michelle, who, as I've said, has like a sixth sense, I believe. She wrote back, I was starting to think that you had been kidnapped and someone else was writing these emails. So very quickly when the second week in January didn't roll around and, you know, Yvonne did not show up and there was no further communications, this woman who loves her family, loves her friends that have been around forever, loves California, um, all of a sudden is just out there on her own with no one. Um, They became more and more suspicious and they decided to launch their own investigation, Yvonne's family. So firstly, Michelle, she talks about this on the 48 Hours episode. Her cousin, or her and Yvonne's cousin, um, was kind of a very techie person who worked in some sort of tech security, you know, field. She got her cousin to track the emails that Yvonne had been sending because she had a feeling that it wasn't Yvonne who was writing them and potentially they were not coming from Costa Rica. And surprise, surprise, the Panama emails that were early on when she was emailing from her new home in September and October in Panama did come from Panama. But the emails that supposedly came from Yvonne that were sent from Costa Rica when she'd met this new dream man and left Brian were sent from Dana Point, California the OC. And when they were able to look into it, it was Brian's IP address. It doesn't take a fucking genius to put these things together, but luckily this family didn't have to suffer for too long because they got the FBI involved very quickly and they got the Panamanian authorities involved very quickly. This family did all the things that you hope every family does, but kind of doesn't have the means to. Um, I feel like they must have had pretty sufficient means to get this done. But basically they traveled down to Panama, including Michelle. She was the head of all of the search parties looking for her sister. They came up empty handed and they really, from this point on, thought that Yvonne must be dead or she was being held hostage because there was no way that this amount of time would go by and they wouldn't hear from her. They also were able to look into whether her passport had ever left Panama and it had entered in September and obviously never left. I think everybody who knows like (laughs) any statistics about domestic abuse or anything, it's not, I was trying to bury the lead with you guys, but I think you guys were already probably picking it up from an early point. Now, at this point, they went to Panama City, the capital, and they got this kick-ass American investigator who now lives in Panama, who has a lot of clout when it comes to the Panamanian authorities. They hired him and he's on 48 hours being interviewed. And he said from the minute that he looked at all of the evidence that they'd accrued, he said that the chance of her being, you know, having left Panama and being in Costa Rica were quote unquote, damn near zero. Now, actually in this episode, he's This investigator has been on 48 hours before he helped solve a case that I've actually added to my list to do in a future, um, future episode. And maybe one day I'll interview him because I would love to speak to this guy. He's like an international investigator. Anyway, when he gets involved in a case, Panamanian authorities listen. Um, and he got involved in the case and they did 
listen and they jumped into action. Um, they had major press conferences that I think were probably putting the heat on Brian. And as a result, Yvonne and her disappearance finally, after about three months of being missing, hit the international news. By this point, Brian Brimager was back in San Diego. He had married Kristen, the mother of his child, who was, you know, his love child that he wouldn't tell anyone about. Within weeks of returning to California, he had married her. Now, if you watch the 48 Hours episode, there's pictures of their barefoot beach wedding where he looks like he could not have a care in the world. And this is the mark of like a true sociopath. They finally settled in the town of Vista and he had a second child with her. Now, I don't know if this woman lives in denial. I presume that initially she didn't know um, about Yvonne. I presume he was kind of playing both of them. But as we get into this story, you'll realize that she stayed very loyal to him. Um, And when you find out kind of the details of this, to share a bed with someone like that, you yourself would have to be fucking deluded. And also, I don't want to sound really mean, but I'm going to have to. If you look at pictures of this woman and then you look at pictures of Yvonne, I I don't understand. <laughs> she must be a really nice person. So Yvonne's family continued to travel down to Panama looking for her. Um, nothing. Just remember where they don't even know where to start looking anyway, but the Bocas del Toro area, um, this this kind of these islands off the coast of it as well. It's all densely forested. It's very, you know, um, thick, rugged, and almost like a jungle. So ultimately, I think what happened, the only thing that can describe it is fate. While he babysat his young daughter. Special Agent Henry Masters, along with Special Agent Gabriel Ramirez, approaching a part of him in an attempt to have a consensual, monitored interview with Brian Bremiger. We weren't sure if he was going to break down and confess to having a part in her disappearance and murder, or if he was going to become angry, or if he was going to kick us out. Brian stuck to his story. Yvonne left him for another man. I come back home and there was a note that said, and I quote, um, going to Costa Rica with a man I've been talking to um, at UN. But when confronted with Michelle's email evidence, Brian began to stumble. Brian, it's going to kind of lay it out there, man. Um, the IP addresses are not coming back from Costa Rica, man. Okay. They're coming back from here. Okay, so here? Okay. So if she's not hanging out around here, then somebody sent those emails, right? How did those emails get sent? Do you know anybody who had her email account? Had been her account? Then something caught Master's eye. As soon as I walk in, I see a uh, white Sony Vio, which is a computer, a laptop computer, exactly. And we knew that Yvonne owned a white Sony Vio laptop that she had taken with her to Panama. So that was courtesy of 48 Hours. That was basically when the FBI first questioned Brian. He was back in San Diego um, at this point with his new child babysitting um, and just had Yvonne's computer right there. Just, you know, whatever, Um, you know, just very, okay. When they're asking him questions like how the IP address can't, you know, have come from Panama or Costa Rica. Okay. Just cavalier as fuck. Um, So just to go back a bit, basically, the family, while he had never returned once to Panama, um, because I think he was probably fearful that he would be arrested there, her family had gone to Panama and they got together a lot of local volunteers who knew this particular area, again, very rugged, very forested, very swampy. Um, You could very easily hide a body here. Um, And luckily, just two years after she went missing, um, in late 2013, a farm worker was clearing brush in a very swampy part of Isla Caranero um, when he uncovered a military-style backpack and when he opened it, it contained human remains, which were ultimately matched, you know, to Yvonne. Now, Brian had been arrested at this point um, for lying 
I think it was for the um, emailing. They they laid so many charges on this guy, um, impersonating her, um, lying to police, you know, it was anything that they could throw at him. So he'd been arrested in June 2013. So at this point he, you know, was charged with Yvonne's murder. Now, Brian ultimately would confess that cavalier attitude wouldn't last for very long because these pussies are always trying to, you know, save their asses at the end of the day. But this is where it comes into play with cases that we've done before because we will be talking about a law that allows Brian to be tried in the United States for a murder that was committed um, in Panama. So now we're going to talk about the trial and all of the evidence against Brian and you will feel enraged if you have any kind of heart, um, some of the things that I'm about to tell you because it's sickening. So ultimately he would have been facing a first degree murder charge. The Panamanian authorities allowed Brian to be charged in the United States um, for the crime. So with a plea deal that he made, he basically, you know, pled guilty to a charge of second degree foreign murder of a US national. Now, this charge is very rarely used and the Justice Department has to approve it and it has to obviously be be approved on the Panama Manian side as well, so they're not trying to extradite him. Um, to bring the charge, quote, both the defendant and the victim must be US citizens and the defendant must have since left the country where the crime was committed, unquote. Now, if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll be able to connect that with the Carolyn Abel case. She was a young student who was murdered in South Korea while teaching um, by clearly like this woman, we covered it, definitely listen to that episode. It's one of the most popular episodes I've done. Um, Peter Van Sant, who actually did the 48 Hours episode for Yvonne Baldelli, was also the journalist who went and interrogated, um, was it Kathy, um, the one who most people presume killed Carolyn Abel. Now, the Carolyn Abel case brought about the change in law where a US citizen who has killed another US citizen abroad can be tried in the United States. So you can thank Carolyn Abel in a horrible kind of roundabout way for bringing about a change to law that would allow Brian Brimager to face justice in the United States. Now, in his plea agreement that was read aloud by the judge, Brian, who was 39 at this point, he admitted that basically they had returned from being out and got into a huge fight the night that they were last seen at the restaurant in Bocas del Toro. Now, the prosecutors believe that Yvonne had found out about Brian's whole other life that he was planning to return to in San Diego. And they believe that Brian freaked out because he thought that she would ruin that other life for him by contacting that woman um, or whatever, even though, you know, we don't know if she was going to do that. He admitted to stabbing Yvonne in the left side of her back with a knife initially. Um, he killed her. And then he dragged her body into the shower in their apartment. And he used a machete that he owned that he had bought down from the United States for some fucking reason. Um, he basically stuffed her remains in that military-style backpack that her remains were ultimately found in in this very swampy part of Bocas del Toro. And he trekked, I believe, a mile and a half to the other side of Isla Carinero. And then he took the bags that her dismembered body were in um, and he threw them down this embankment into the jungle and there they would lay for that two years until that man, the local man, would just by pure chance, thank God, stumble across them. According to prosecutors, um, he had been bashing Yvonne badly, um, abusing her pretty much probably since before they even moved down to Panama. But once he got her away from her friends and family and isolated her, um, he really ramped it up. According to prosecutors, Brian had drugged and beat Yvonne Baldelli. He'd broken her nose um, that night before he stabbed her to death. Now, locals, including local bar managers who were interviewed on 48 Hours, said that they had seen Yvonne um, with 
black eyes, which would ultimately be backed up by evidence that was on her computer. So on November 27th, 2011, the morning after Yvonne was last seen at the restaurant before they returned back to the apartment and Brian killed her, she had been, you know, dead for about 12 hours and he went on her laptop and he conducted two searches because he's a fucking idiot. And these two searches were washing mattress, quote unquote, and quote, washing mattress bloodstain, unquote. Now, this is all in his indictment. And what I get from that is that he killed her while she was asleep or he slammed her down onto the bed and did it um, because clearly there was a bloodstain on the mattress that he would ultimately just throw into the ocean um, to get rid of it. Now, he then went out with local girls in, uh, it's just, he went out with local girls in Panama using Yvonne's credit card. This is all according to the Daily Mail. And when he bought everyone a round of drinks, he made a toast and he said, thanks, Vonnie, which was Yvonne's nickname. So dismembered her killed her. Now, I just want to say, if you're wondering about Georgia May, her beloved little Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, um, we don't know in what circumstances, but he did kill her dog as well, because these monsters don't have any affinity for animals at all. Now, ultimately, when the prosecutors would get hold of Yvonne's laptop that was just sitting in his apartment that he shared with his new woman, um, when they would go through all of her documents, it ultimately they were able to find a picture that Yvonne had taken, a selfie of herself with a really bad black eye. It's on the 48 Hours episode. Um, and the left side of her cheek is all swollen. She had clearly taken this as evidence of what Brian was doing to her. And in a way, she would help put together the case of him murdering her um, almost by default later on because they were able to use that. And he didn't even know that was on the computer. He admitted concealing and destroying evidence of her murder. He said that he dumped the mattress, you know, from their room in the ocean. I don't even know how he would get it out and then onto a boat to do that without someone seeing it. He killed little Georgia May and then he gave away most of Yvonne's belongings that she had brought down to Panama with her. Now, if you're wondering about the machete and what happened to that, he had bought that down um, from America to Panama. Now, why do you need to do that? That reminds me of the Finnegan Elder case with his mate in Rome killing the cop where he took a, like a 12-inch blade with him on holidays. Um, you're only looking for trouble doing that. Um, and both of these instances, they used it. So what does that say? So basically before he left Panama in a hurry after he killed Yvonne, he gave this to a neighbour of them in Panama who then listed it online. Now, the neighbour put it up for sale online on some online trading forum. And Brian found the listing, you know, because he was probably like, oh, you can sell this or whatever. And he posted a comment on the ad from his home back in California saying that the machete had been his and, quote, don't worry, I only dismembered one stripper with it, so it's hardly used. And then a winky face. This guy is a sick fuck. Later, DNA on the handle of that machete would be matched to Yvonne's blood and they were able to get the machete back. He also had texted a friend, according to the Washington Post, after he had murdered Yvonne. I don't know how this friend had never come forward with this information until he was forced to under oath in the trial, but he had texted this friend saying that he had, quote unquote, ditched the bitch. He also, as part of the plea agreement, admitted to sending the emails pretending to be Yvonne, which they were able to lay charges on for that as well, as well as the theft of her belongings, everything they could possibly throw at him. Although I don't even think his sentence is even close to what it should be. He even went to Costa Rica to withdraw money from her account to show that she was in Costa Rica. He went there via Costa Rica from Panama on the way home to California, literally just to go to an ATM to take out money. But because he's a fucking idiot, there was cameras that showed him at this ATM when he was meant to be fleshing out the case that Yvonne had bailed and moved to Costa Rica. 
At one point, he had even emailed Yvonne from his own email address as himself and then gone on Yvonne's computer and replied as Yvonne. I don't know how he thought he would ever get away with this for too long, but the three months that he did get away with it for, you know, or technically two years um, by this point, by the time they found her body, is way too long. His attorney described Brian Brimager as, quote, a devoted husband and father who served honourably in the Marines, unquote. The Marines should have stripped him of his fucking, because I know that when you're a Marine, you're always referred to as a Marine for the rest of your life. They should have stripped him of his fucking like medals or, you know, his title or whatever. But I guess because he was out of the Marines when he did this, they couldn't do anything like that. His attorney also said that Brian wanted to express his deep condolences, quote unquote, to Yvonne's family for killing her, killing her dog, dismembering her, throwing her into a jungle, that kind of thing. Yvonne's mother said to Brian in her victim impact statement, quote, your life would have been easier if you had just sent Yvonne home. You will have to answer to a higher power and I will never forgive you, unquote. Yvonne's childhood friend, Adrian, called the slaying of Yvonne, quote, a disgusting, heinous crime that warranted the maximum sentence. She said, quote, the hardest thing I've ever had to do was to fly to Panama to help her family search for her body. He was arrogant enough to think he could get away with it, unquote. Now, his plea agreement called for 20 to 30 years, which is nowhere near close enough, especially in the States. Um, they should never have given him a plea like he should be doing 60 years. There's people doing drug drug. There's people with drug offences who are doing life in prison. It's insane. He ultimately got 26 years um, and I can't find where he is, but I'm presuming somewhere in California. Um, I'm sure there's some woman who would find this kind of thing attractive like there always is and she'll write to him and say how wonderful he is and things like that. Now, one thing that I found really interesting was in a Washington Post article, it said that in 2012, when they hadn't found Yvonne's body yet, and Brian was just living it up in golf carts, which there's footage of him doing it, just careening around on a golf course. An anonymous caller had called the authorities in Panama in 2012. And this person who was anonymous had told the authorities that he had helped a man dispose of a foreign woman's body in the jungle in 2011. And I just find that really, I just find that really strange. Authorities today say that they don't put any credence into this and that it was just a hoax that just happened to potentially be the right information. Um, this person, I don't know, they could have just kind of put two and two together and figured out that it was probably him like most people did and then decided to play a hoax. Um, I don't know, but I do presume that he did do it on his own. Surprise, surprise, Brian's wife, Kristen, continued to stand by him through all of this, of course, because he would poison someone like her against Yvonne and say, I can already tell you what kind of conversation they would have said. He said, she's just a slut, babe. She means nothing to me. I already fucking know what these kinds of men are like. Now, one of the worst things about this, if you've watched the 48 Hours episode and you followed this case and looked into it, Michelle Valenzuela, Michelle, Yvonne's sister, was, you know, campaigned for her, went down to Panama multiple times, looked for her through the jungle and the swamps and ultimately got answers for her um, in 2013. And the following year, in 2014, Michelle, who had had cancer, died at the age of 45. Their dad, James, told the Daily Mail, quote, in my mind, Brimager killed both my daughters. I firmly believe stress worsened the prognosis for Michelle. Michelle spent years looking for her sister. She organised search parties and went to Panama. It's devastating that she never saw Brimager admit what he did, unquote. So she's a hero. She's amazing. There is an online group called Justice for Yvonne Baldelli that still exists and they do still regularly post um, about Yvonne and sometimes other cases. That is kind of the end of it. I'm kind of wrapping up this thinking of Yv Yvonne, her sister Michelle and little Georgia May and you know hoping that if there's another side you know that they're all there together and um this man just, he's like a mass murderer in the sense that he's killed Yvonne and her dog, lied, you know, made so much stress for the family and then Michelle ultimately dies that I do agree with her 
father because stress is proven um, to have a massive you know effect on your physical health I'm told to chill my stress levels out because I'm always stressed because of my Graves disease because they say it worsens it I absolutely agree that it probably finished Michelle and Michelle didn't get to see him go away to prison um, and because he killed a woman you know and he's a little jumped up thug who thinks he's top shit, I hope that they give him hell in prison um, because that's, you know, how the hierarchy works. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you for requesting Panama, Kim. Um, yeah, it just – this case reminded me of um, – parts of it reminded me of the Daryl Fornatora case that kind of still sticks in my mind. He was the man who went down on a surfing trip um, to Costa Rica. Was it Costa Rica? No, Dominican Republic, sorry, with his friend. And he, he went missing and his friend returned to America. That should be like a big red flag. Um, although that friend is still walking around. So I don't really know. Um, and it also kind of reminded me of, she physically kind of reminded me a lot of Sarah Cusack, who was the pregnant woman who was murdered, um, when she was going for a jog in Puerto Rico. Um, in a way, Sarah Cusack solved her own murder by making that phone call to 911 that then went to the local police in Puerto Rico. And in a way, Yvonne helped put this bastard away, Brian Brimager, by taking that photo of herself um, with the black eye. I think when she took that, she knew something was going to happen. And I think when he got her away from the States, I'm sure he got in her head to move to Panama. Um, I'm sure it was just kind of something she tossed around and he was, he wanted to kind of get her away. Um, you know, I reckon that it started immediately, um, the abuse. I'm sure that it went on earlier and I'm sure it goes on, um, with the second wife, but I mean, not anymore cause he's in prison, but yeah. So next week, um, will be another Patreon location request. I'm not sure which one yet. There's like 15 on my list, so bear with me. I try to mix it up. I try not to repeat continents twice. Um, Jay, your one is coming soon. Um, I had someone coming on for that one, but now they're not. So yeah. Um, so go to unknownpassagepodcast.com to visit the website, um, become a patron. It links through the website or you know, on the Patreon app, if you've got that. Um, yeah, leave a rating or review if you like the show. Um, send case suggestions through to unknownpassagepodcast at gmail.com and any one-off donations to the podcast, PayPal, unknown, PayPal, <laughs> the PayPal email is unknownpassagepodcast at gmail.com. That would really help a lot because we are in lockdown here again, um, 200 days of the last year. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind and yeah, I will be back probably this weekend with a whole new episode and, um, this one's for Yvonne, Georgia May and Michelle. Bye.